Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Elk Shape Podcast Season 6 with your host, Dan the Fitness Man. Thank you for tuning in. We are excited to have you. This is the podcast that is dedicated to hard work, disciplined decisions, and year-round training in the pursuit of the best possible version of ourselves. We leverage elk hunting to create a pathway. We understand that time is finite and we cannot squander a second. We must be leaders at our home. We understand that faith is our number one priority. Then family, then fitness, then health, then wealth. Our year-round disciplined decisions help us leave a legacy for our family to follow. You will leave here motivated, inspired, and educated. We bring on a wide variety of guests subject matter experts so that you can tune in get what you need to get and continue on your journey we are blessed to call ourselves elk hunters season six here we go guys owen is a subscriber of my youtube channel he emailed me about a year ago telling me just how cool it is that he follows the channel but more importantly shared some of his experiences living in New Zealand, the South Island, chasing red deer, the roar, and showed me all his pictures of his do-it-yourself success. I brought him on today because I think maybe you're like me and you're willing to put up with a 14, 15-hour flight to chase stag, to chase the roar in late March, early April, when ain't nothing else really going on. So adventure hunting, do-it-yourself style, that's, that's what this podcast is about today. Owen's just a normal bloke, as he would say, just an average dude. He's a self-employed family man and diehard bow hunter, and we're going to pick his brain on DIY New Zealand. Here we go. How is Thursday treating you? It's early, so not how no was complaints yet. How, how's Wednesday? I'm in Wednesday right now, so I feel like I need to know yeah, how yeah. is it. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday was busy for me, so <laughs> hopefully, hopefully yours is yours is all right. That's cool, man. Well, thanks for joining me, and um, I'll switch over to video here in a second. Where do you live? So I live in um, a place called Nelson in the South Island, New Zealand. You're on the island, dude. Yeah, yeah, South Island. So um, I was right down the bottom up until about nine months ago, and then I've just recently moved with my family to Nelson. Are you just born and raised New Zealand? Yeah, yeah. My family moved from Holland, and then I was the first child born here. 
Right on, man. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So how did how in the heck did you get into bow hunting? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I obviously hunted with a rifle first. I, I wasn't brought up hunting at all. I was brought up fishing. And then I moved down south uh, to a place called Tiana, which is Fiordland, which is basically um, the gateway to Fiordland. Fiordland is the biggest national park we have in New Zealand. Okay. And um, I moved there to be part of a, like a Bible school, actually. And um, someone else, someone, a friend of mine, took me out hunting, and that was that, really. The first hunt I went on, I seen seven deer, and that was that. I was hooked, and then... So I hunted with a rifle for quite a few years, and I I enjoyed it, but I was sort of I wasn't very challenged anymore with it. And um, I don't, yeah, just yeah, because we just hunt all the time, you know. So you're just shooting deer every week, so you just sort of just got over it. So I first bought a crossbow, and that wasn't. Then I found out you can't hunt national park here with crossbows. It's one of our weird rules we've got. So okay, sold that okay, one, bought a comp a compound bow so that's the start of it yeah man so do you have like your own bow shop at your house or do you like go somewhere to kind of get your stuff doped in yeah so that's where people like me are extremely jealous of what you guys have got over there our bow community is very small um so i have my nearest bow shop that i go to is about six hours drive away um, oh wow yeah yeah and it used to be eight hours for me yeah, it's crazy and so i've got like I basically make my own arrows. I've got a portable bow press that I can, so I can do like fixed peeps and do minimal stuff. I'm getting my own uh, bow press shortly. So I'm slowly building up everything I need, you know? Sure. So I can help people and tinker. <laughs> you know how it is? Yeah, I've heard about tinkering. And then obviously like <laughs> the university of YouTube is probably pretty important for you. Like, you know, a six yeah, so, hour drive, like you're going to have to learn how to do some things, man. So what's been good resources for you for YouTube? Oh, obviously I enjoy your guys stuff. Um, cause it's not so always so serious as well. That's what I quite enjoy about your, you know, just the banter. Cause that's exactly what me and my mates are like. Lots of banter. Um, yeah, just, uh, oh, lots of stuff. Levi Morgan stuff. Um, yes, obviously the knock on stuff's good. Um, just lots of different stuff because I, I, I was quite self-taught, you know, um, and although that's all I had, I'm still happy I did, but there's a lot of bad practices and bad habits that you get, you know. Um, yeah. And now slowly, I'm, especially with some of that Joel Turner stuff, trying to, yeah, just trying to get better, better technique, better practices, you know, all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. No, that's cool. Oh, and I'm just starting to find some some more people as well. Um, around me that bow hunt and let's see that helps as well when you're the only one that you know because that was for a while there, I was literally the only one I knew that bow hunted so personally knew so yeah but now I've got two hours down the road I've, I've, there's a club that I've just become we do 3D shoots uh, quite quite regularly we do 3D competitions started to hang out with some other guys so that's helpful too Dude, that's awesome I think um, mm. you know the the camaraderie that bow hunting brings is awesome. And I do love YouTube for how to's and, and also just for some entertainment and whatnot. That's, that's pretty cool. We had some changes over here at Elk Shape HQ. I producer Tim, I think two and a half, three years ago to help out with the channel. And he actually approached me. He was like, Hey, I like your stuff. 
I like bows. I like fitness. You should let me yeah. uh, help you, help you make something. And I said, okay. And so like, I kind of gave him a shot and I, I was really impressed obviously right away. I was like, Oh, this guy's a nerd about video stuff. So we made a few videos and then he like, kind of like hit me up. He was like, Hey man, like, what do you think about like me kind of joining on the channel? And like from a producer standpoint, I was like, dude, I would be honored. How do I, how do I pay you? What do you, he's like, well, let's just, um, what do you say? He said, we'll, we'll do us like a percentage split of uh, YouTube ad revenue. And I was like, are you sure you want to do that? I don't think it's much money. I don't know. I had like 15,000 <laughs> subs. He was like, no, it's cool. I have a real job, but this is like a passion project. So uh, he's like, how does 60, 40 sound? And I remember being like, uh, okay, whatever. Like I didn't really care about it. And um, I think like a week later, he, he called me and was like, yeah, can we do 50-50 instead of 60-40? And I was like, <laughs> dude, yeah, whatever, man. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And um, so we did our deal for the last couple of years. And then just recently, and the only reason I bring this up is he's like made a, he's got, well, I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. Just because I think people yeah. are going to have questions and I'm not really going to address it. But I'll I'll do it here. I'll do it now with you. Is uh, he, he kind of basically said, hey, man, like, I want to formalize our YouTube agreement. And I was like, well, what does that even mean? And he's like, basically uh, I want to like put it in writing that I'm 50% owner. And I was like, Hey man, pump the brakes. Like the channel's called elk shape. I have the trademark for elk shape. I started this channel in 2013. I do a podcast. I do Instagram. I do. I was like, no, that's it. I just don't want to do that. Um, I said, I, I'll counter you though. I said, I would love to have you like, um, basically I'll invite you to do profit sharing with the company so that, you know, you, not only are you yeah. getting paid as a contractor, 50% of ad revenue that you got, like, um, you know, a, a really good kickback at the end of the year, just cause I appreciate you. And, um, you know, he told me he thought that was a really, really good offer, but at the end of the day, he just wanted to do his own thing. So for those listening, producer Tim did in fact, leave the channel to pursue his own interests, which I respect hundred percent. But I do know that means he's probably not going to be on the channel anymore, which means you're not going to see some of that banter that you were talking about. Like obviously uh, yeah. yesterday, like we, we were filming. And so Jake, Jake works for me like officially. And um, Josh Jones has like been one of my best buddies forever. MFJJ. So he started a yeah. channel Tim started a channel. Everyone should start a channel. I feel like there's, you should start a channel. Everyone yeah. should document. I think YouTube's so cool that way. And uh, you'll still see banter though, because when Josh and I are in the same room, it is like we edit 90% of the stuff that is said you don't see, but you do wow. get to see the 10% that's, um, I guess, a little bit tolerable. Um, I kind of try to censor some of that stuff, man, but, um, you'll, you'll still see banter, but definitely check out Tim's channel. I don't even know the name of it. Just Google his name and check out his stuff. And I, I dude, I support him hundred percent. We're still cool. I just don't think he'll be on our channel at all. Yeah. No, that's all cool. Sticking to what he wants to do and knowing what he wants to do too. hundred percent, man. Who's in your circle? Like who's your homies? Yeah. So I've got close, some close mates that we always hunt with for what we call the raw so which is actually next week i head away on my first trip next week yeah so, i'll be down next week dude i'll be me up at the <laughs> yeah. airport oh bro you would just it's the best time of the year isn't it and um so i got a mate called don and 
and Benji and John, we always hunt together. So they all live, we all used to, uh, apart from one of them, we all used to live in the same town, but now sort of all split. It was all different sides of the country, which is a bit, bit dumb, but we still get together every every six months sort of for a hunting trip. Yeah. Um, and then I've got some good friends because we just shifted. So I'm slowly finding some um, some new friends around here. Just went hunting with a guy last weekend, a bow hunter. It's the first time I ever hunted with another bow hunter. I'm always stuck with guys with guns. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, so. it's cool, but I mean, that bow hunting stuff is obviously gets in your blood. It's like, yeah, oh my gosh. And it's just the kind of person I am is, you know, when I get a friend, especially a guy with a gun that doesn't hunt regularly and you sort of see something, you sort of just, I sort of just let them go ahead, you know, sort of just stand back and just let, let it happen for them. That doesn't work out great. But when you've got a bow and they've got a gun, it's sort of always one thing yeah. always happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. But just still, still meeting new people in this in this place where I live. Yeah, no doubt. Now, do you guys when you go like let's break down the roar because that's really what you know that's the yeah. juice that I wanted to squeeze out of you, man. Is like okay, so you guys hunt from a vehicle or do you backpack in? Um, obviously, there's private, a lot of private in New Zealand. Like yeah. a couple of my friends just went over there, Brandon McDonald and oh, yeah. PNW Huntress, uh, Sarah Gamash, they were, and her husband and. I definitely know they were on a place that's got to be high fence just because of the stags they're killing. Like there's yeah. like, you know, 20 by twenties or 15 by 15s <laughs> or, you know, it's just, yeah. just ridiculous. And I'm sure they're yeah. big and challenging hunts, but you're not doing that. Correct. No, 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 no. So I can't afford those hunts personally. <laughs> and uh, I don't think they really, they wouldn't really do much for me either. Really. Um, I hunt, I do hunt private, but it's never high fence. So it's sometimes it'd be like the back of the back of what you'd call a ranch over there, you know, some sort of cattle mm-hmm. ranch where the, the outcome out of the park and onto the farm. That sort of hunting, I do a bit of that. Um, but most of it is public land, which is what we call dock land. And um, that's what is it called? the majority. Dock. Okay. So D- DOC, the Department of Conservation, it's called. Yeah. So um, that's our conservation group here and um that manages just New Zealand wildlife and parks so yeah mainly hunt dock land that's my and then often if you can just we got we got a lot of problem we got here is probably what you've got as well um is landlocked stuff so you'll have like areas of great public land but you just can't get to it without a helicopter or access so uh, you need you need some good friends <laughs> friends with farmers <laughs> and then you can just you're away man so yeah. have you found some success knocking on doors and whatnot yeah so i since moving here i've actually i've met people that have lived here their whole life and i've since got more private hookups than they so and i've been here for less than nine months so I've, i'm a builder so i uh, work in construction so if i do a work for someone i did a job for someone down the road and sort of they live on a farm so sort of after i've done the job i put my so, hey, do you mind if I go for a bow hunt? And, you know, it just starts like that. And then, sure, come along. Slowly build up rapport. And then, yeah, now I can go there whenever I want. <laughs> no, that's the way to do it, man. Um, so do you yeah. have your own construction company or do you uh, work for somebody? Yeah. I just <clears throat> I just started my own business about, well, since moving here. So I was working as a foreman for someone. Yeah. And it was, he was a good, he was a good boss, but. It was just ready for a change, and I just wanted some more responsibility. I just wanted to be my own person and sort of 
wanted to free up some time. It hasn't worked out that way yet, but. <laughs> oh, so you like, you did a Tim, you did a Tim Connor. You like basically said, Hey, I want to do my own thing. And your yeah, boss was good, but he's yeah. like, cool. And I, yeah. dude, I think that's awesome, man. Like you can help somebody else build their dream or you can go build yours. And if you have that ambition and there's, it's cool for yeah. both ways. But for you, yeah. what's that going to look like building your own dream? What do you want that to look like? Yeah. Well, I've, so I'm, I'm married with, with two kids and um, we live on a small lifestyle farm. So, I mean, you know what it's like, like your guys' message of time is finite, finite, you know? It's, yeah, just trying to manage time. And when I found when I was working for someone, you just, I want to be able to do different stuff. I want to do stuff that I enjoy, not just work all the time, basically. Um, in the past, I've been guilty of being a workaholic. So just work, 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 work. And it's not healthy. Um, and I want to be more present around the home. You know, I really do. I want to be more present around the home. I want to create more opportunity. I do. That's one thing that's quite encouraging what you said. I've been wanting to start my own YouTube channel uh, for a while. I'm just not real tech savvy. So I need, I've been waiting for the right person to come on board that I need a Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. Or some, someone like that. Mm. Someone like that that's a bit tech savvy that they can put all the footage together and then um, either self-film or find someone that's keen to film, which is tricky, you know, without paying someone. Or I've been pay- – I personally have been paying for a camera guy for the last couple of years. It's expensive. They have a day rate. It makes the hunt way harder. Uh, it is nice mm. to have to not worry about that. I've done a lot of self filming in the past as well, and I'm at the point now where I'm just not even that interested in being filmed hunting at all. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's really cool to go back and watch and to make cool stuff with, but for me, I kind of put a line in the sand this year. I'm like, I'm just not going to film very much of my hunts anymore, um, and if I do, mm. it'll be real short form content. Mm. Just because I'm selfish about hunting, um, I got to stay true to why I do what I do. And it's not for likes or shares. It's for yeah. for me, man. And I put a lot of stock into it. But yeah. I do think it would be cool to see you hunt the roar uh, and have those freaking red stags roaring, trying to to get the attention of hinds. Yeah. Do you guys call them hinds? Or? Yeah, yeah. So okay. a, re- a female red deer is a hind, yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, it's. It'd be such easy content in the raw too, really. It really would be like every year. I've done a bit of filming with my friend. Every year we go, man, you know, after an encounter, you know, a red stag sort of comes running into 10 metres and sort of stands there and looks at you and then roars his guts out and then you sort of say, oh, he's not good enough to shoot and let him go. So you look at your mate and go, man, we should have filmed that, you know. The amount of times that happens is just so... So you said the roar starts in about a week um, or the rut as we would call yeah. it in the States, like does it start off kind of slow and then kind of build up or does it like game on right yeah. out the gates? What's it, how's it flow? So different areas. So I've just moved to the top of South Island. So they say I've heard, this has been my first roar here. I heard they roar a bit earlier up here. I'm actually going out today overnight for a couple of days. So I'll, I've heard rumors that they're roaring, but whether they're rumors or true, I'll find out later. But so Usually the last week of March and the first two weeks of April are the best. Now that middle, that first week of April is what I call peak rut. That is, from where I've hunted, that is, you don't want to be anywhere else. That is the spot. That is the time they just, and then you get a period of, I don't know what it's like over there, but it sounds similar. There's a period of maybe four days where I would say it's just 
um, what do you guys call it? Bugle call fest. A, we call it a rut fest or a bugle fest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's those four days. You usually get three or four days where it's just they'll roar all day long. It won't just be morning and evening. You'll get just solid. It obviously slows down during the heat of the day, you know, the middle of the day, but it's just rut fest. Yeah. Yeah. So like your early April is like our mid September probably. So yeah. Yeah. it's the fall for you guys. Yeah. Temperature yeah. is it pretty crisp out in the morning yeah. and kind of gets warm. Yeah, yeah. So it's beautiful weather on the moment. So we haven't had our first frost yet, but we're not far off. It must be very now. Close. Do you do you actually vocalize or make female sounds or do you guys just listen? Yeah, so they roar a lot. Um and hind call but i probably not me not me as much as others i um i think i'm similar like you i i like prefer i'll i'll locate in the morning or in the evening yep. uh, if they're roaring if they're roaring themselves i'll i won't say a thing and i'll just sneak in i've i've found in my experience it's better to them not to know you're there than uh than for them to know you're there so if, yeah if they're roaring i'll just sneak straight in i roar if I'm walking quite quickly, I'll cover ground. I'll cover a lot of ground. I won't walk real slow. I'll cover a lot of ground. Yeah. And just put out, put out roars, roars, roars every 15, 20 minutes while you're walking. So you get a reply, sort of figure out. But I'm, I'm kind of looking for the stags that roar because they tend to be the ones that, from my experience, the ones that roar less are the, are the mature stags. They're pretty mm-hmm. cunning. So just, yep. yes. I mean, you can roar up a six point stag. Well, when we say six point, to you, it'd be a three point, so three on each side. Um, gotcha. Um, it, you know, you, they just come running in all the time, you know, one after the other. Just like the little satellite bulls of for elk. Yeah. Man, there's a lot of crossover here. So, yeah. what do you use to make roars? So, I've got a roaring horn, which is just like a horn, but I actually often just use my just use my hands. Just can I hear one? Put you on the spot? Yeah, yeah, I can try. But I'm actually my my parents' house has got better Wi-Fi, so I came over here. So they're actually upstairs sleeping. Oh, so shoot. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe at the end of the podcast, if they wake up, All right. um, All right. that, I don't want to wake up your folks, man, but your internet is crispy and it's crazy how far we are apart right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's I love ours is a little bit, ours is a little bit patchy. So I came over here cause I, I didn't want it to um, crap out on us. Yeah, dude. I know that's great. I think, so it sounds like literally location bugles yep. or roars. AMs and PMs yep. and f- yep. the, the maturation is very similar to elk, especially pressured elk is, you know, the yep. bigger, more mature bulls are going to bugle less and they're way not, they're way less likely to come and leave their mm. harem to come yep. see what you're all about. What's the average size yeah. of a harem? Yeah. So herd? anywhere between the average would say anywhere between two and six. Um, so they're not, we're not getting those big mobs that you've got. Over there, you know, you won't see a stag. Probably the biggest I've seen is a stag holding 18 hinds. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's an open country. So I do. I mainly hunt, you know, bush, bush hunt. So with, with a mixture of openings and clearings and valleys but and a bit of top hunting, but I prefer bush hunting in the raw. I find uh, you just get up and quite personal with the stags. It's a lot more fun. Uh, and it suits a bow, being a bow hunter a lot better too, you know. Something to hide. No doubt. Yeah, um, so. so, what's the history on the red deer? Like, how did are they like 
they're not native to the island, no. obviously. So when did they get dropped off? And obviously they're yeah, pretty so, pro- prolific. So we don't have any native game species here at all. So right. they're all uh, so they're all in New Zealand, all our deer, pigs, we've got like um, tar, chamois, they're all considered pests. So um, there's no game management plan with them, which is quite sad. So we don't do very conservation. We don't do conservation similar to Aussie. We don't do very well here. Um, right. There is no value. There is no value put on our wild animals. There's none. Mm. So we'll have conservation uh, colors come in and just kill thousands and just leave them there. Um, it's really sad. So, but to answer your question, the red deer have been here from about early 1900s. So, and we also had. We've got elk here as well, which I thought you'd be interested in. I don't know if you knew that. I've uh, heard rumblings. Like uh, yeah. Remy Warren and I have talked a little yeah. bit about his elk hunting. I don't know if it, I think it was New Zealand, but he was telling me it was like somewhere there where it's so thick, you're going to yeah. get like maybe a five or ten yard shot. That's what he was that's telling me. That's that's my my old hometown. That's Fiordland. So that's the only place in New Zealand about. So in 1905, President Roosevelt gifted our government um, ten elk, Roosevelt elk, and um, and our government bought an extra eight. Now I'm sure some of them died on the way, but they got released into Fiordland, which is down the bottom west coast of the bottom of the South Island, into a place called George Sound. Now those elk have done really well. They sort of spread, and by 1925. The first hunting permit was given, and they've been there since. Mm. So it's really cool. We've got elk here too. I've hunted them four times in the rut, um, but it's really hard to get. It has become really hard to get. So that's balloted, what you'd call balloted um, area. So you apply, yeah, with you and hundreds of other people, which probably doesn't sound like a lot of people <laughs> to you, hundreds, but well, it's probably thousands really. But yeah, and so that's been harder and harder to get. We've been unsuccessful. The last year we had it was actually COVID and it got cancelled because of COVID, which is frustrating. That's funny to me. I'm sorry. Don't hunt oh. outside by yourself. Because you, anyways, um, so there. Dude, the you know, the crazy one... thing is when it happened, there was people already hunting. So we've got four periods. So you've got first, second, third, and fourth period. All periods yeah. are nine days long. So you get you get to go into your block. There's 25 blocks. So the, the area is broken up into boundaries of blocks. So there's four periods. So you get first, second. We had second period. The guys in first period, they were already in there. And then the lockdowns happened. Like our government went nuts. I don't know if you know. It was just like. Yeah, I've heard. It, it was bad. Um, they flew helicopters around the mountains for like days looking for all the people that were in there for first period, tracking them all down because they had to go home. It's like. Surely you just leave them, wouldn't you? Like, it's just yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So we have elk, um, red deer, but the red deer have we call them wapiti here, um, which is yeah. I think the Indian Indian name for for it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So we call them, and they're not really the same as elk anymore because the red deer and the elk have crossbred quite a lot. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense because man. Some pictures of red deer online look like they're just elk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that makes so, sense. So that happened. We had a in the early sort of after the war, we had a real problem with deer in New Zealand. Like we got to the point where 
all the native bush was getting eaten out. So we had, then we had a venison recovery movement where basically every man and his dog bought a helicopter and flew around the mountains shooting deer out of helicopters and made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and then also then a thing called the Wapiti Foundation started because they realized they had to start looking after the Wapiti herd because the, the crossbreeding was happening slowly. We're like, basically we weren't really getting any sort of good Wapiti blood anymore. Hmm. So that started in 1992, roughly, the Wapiti Foundation started. So since then, the herd has slowly, they cull about, I think, 1,200 um, red and, and, I guess, what you call cull uh, bulls every year as yeah. part of their management plan. And slowly okay. the herd's getting getting quite good. Um, we're starting to see some, what would be a good one these days? We're starting to get bulls over 300 now. Yeah. Yeah, for a while, you, that, yeah, so. Mm. Hey guys, this podcast is brought to you by Hard Work. That's right. I can't do it for you. Only you can do it for you. And that's what we are selling. I hope you're buying. We're also brought to you by Matthews Archery, Vortex Optic, Onyx Hunt, Numa Outdoors, Kufaru International, MagView, Wilderness Athlete, Buck Knife, USA, Crispy Hunting, Stealth Cam, Marsupial, Baku E-Bikes, Black Ovis. And we have some discount codes to help you save some loot. Eurooptic.com. For anything for Vortex, use the discount code ELK10 to save 10% off. If you're looking for swag, go to Vortex Wear, enter the discount code ELKSHAPE, and save 20%. Elite membership with OnX, enter the discount code ELKSHAPE, 20% off. Numa Outdoors, 20% off. The code is ELKSHAPE20. For Kufaru, it's ELKSHAPE15. Exclusions are shelters. MagView, discount code ELKSHAPE10% off. Wilderness Athlete, 20% off. Use the discount code ELKSHAPE23. For Stealth Cam non-sale, discount code ELKSHAPE20 will get you 20% off. And for Cellular, use the discount code ELKSHAPE10 to take 10% off. If you're in the market for a back to e-bike, discount code ELKSHAPE will take $300 off. And where I shop for all my gear is blackobus.com. Enter the discount code ELKSHAPE for 10% off. Sheep Feet, the discount code is ELKSHAPE for 10% off. Fatty Meat Sticks, discount code ELKHUNTER for 10% off. Alien Holsters, discount code ELKSHAPE10 for 10% off. Crossover Symmetry, discount code ELKSHAPE for 20% off. And Canvas Cutter, finally, discount code ELKSHAPE will take 10% off. Back to the show. I've always thought I would want to go to New Zealand and hunt elk or wapiti, but man, I've just, I've watched too many roar videos. Yeah. And to hear that sound, I'm a little jealous of yeah. that i wish we had some of that here in the states like that yeah that little freaking deer can make an incredible like put yeah. goosebumps on the back of your neck sound my buddy uh that lives in on in australia he just posted a video of calling like what you would say like a six point in and just letting it go but the thing roared all the way up to his face and i'm just like okay yeah. that can't yeah. get old ever it, it's um, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Yeah, they just when you get close, especially in the bush, there's like this this vibration that happens in the bush. You know, it's because it's such a deep roar. And the cool thing is it with it too is you never. I don't know if you can with elk. I've watched a lot of your guys' stuff over there. It seems like can you tell the maturity of a bull by the bugle somewhat? Certain but, places, absolutely. And then yeah. certain years or certain locations or instances, you will be fooled. You'll be like, oh, that sounds like yeah. a spike or a young yeah. gun. And then next thing you know, your guard's down and this giant has this terrible sound bugle 
but no, yeah, for the right. most part, in my experience, for the most majority, yeah, like there's yeah. a certain level of bass, vibrato, like yeah, noise that, that you're rasp, like raspiness. Yeah, you're like holy crap, that's a mega. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that doesn't. I've been fooled by that here. So you know, you hear a nice deep roar, and you thought, oh, that's got to be a good one. Sort of run over there, and it's not much. So that's exciting because it means you sort of never assume anything. You've Got to check everything out. Um, that's fun because, and then I, I think a, for me, a better thing is to find the stags that roar less. So you'll have set, we've got the same thing. So it's very similar. The, the swap overs are pretty close. So we'll have a lot of satellite stags. They are the ones when you roar, these are usually the ones that come in. And a lot of people in New Zealand will shoot those straight away because they think that's the stag that's roaring. But I guess with bow hunting, even if you do shoot that stag, say, then you'll, that stag dies, you'll still soon hear a stag not too long after just let out a real low, uh, just a little roar, and you're like, ah, that's the one. you know. And he's just trying to figure out what happened to the other guy. Why has he suddenly stopped roaring? Because the top guy's probably got, got the hinds, and he's sort of um, – once they get hinds too, they, they get real sneaky. That first week is – you want to try and get something that first week because once they get hinds, you're trying to, trying to sneak in on a stag with a lot of eyes and ears in the bush. And that's tricky. Yeah. That's very tricky. Have you witnessed stags just throwing down, like full-on fighting, or yep. is it all talk? Yep. No. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it a couple times. I've seen it in, I've seen Wapiti do it and I've seen Reds do it. Um, never in the roar, which is the weird thing. I've seen it before and well, after. You know, they just sort of spar for fun. You probably, I think I'll do that too. Uh, they'll just sort of, but I've heard it in the roar. You'll be sitting in your tent at night and, you know, a couple hundred meters away, it's just, you can just hear this rattling and full on scrap. But I've never, no, no, I've never seen it in the roar. No. Are are they just like most deer where they're pretty much active all night and then morning, evening yeah. is your best bets and then yeah. midday is very slow? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, midday can be slow apart from that peak, but um, I'll hunt all day long from then. I'll just walk. And usually I'll use the morning to walk um, quite quite far in. Um, and then sort of once you're in there, I'll stay in there all day long, mooch around and then hunt my way back. So to answer your question, I don't think I ever answered it, but I will usually fall drive in and set up a camp, a base camp, and then um, either day hunt or fly camp from there. So sometimes we'll fly camp just to get out a bit further. So we might be walking five, six Ks from the truck. Um, and then yep. the other option that I'm doing this year as well is we do a lot of helicopter stuff. So we'll fly into a remote area, uh, often land locked or something like that. And we'll get dropped off on right up on the tops or something. We'll hunt for five days, and then either we'll walk back out or we'll get picked up again. That's quite a popular hunt. It's quite a quite a fun adventure too. Okay, so are you yeah. guys um, have a homie who owns a, a helicopter, operates one, or are you guys just like it's your helicopter Uber? You just contact yeah. them and pay yeah. a fee. What do they charge? For, what do they charge for a pickup drop off usually? So obviously it depends on where you're going. Um, there's a lot of helicopters. So this is, I mean, the helicopter companies, some of these helicopter companies rely on hunters. Like that's where they make their money. Okay. It's a big, big industry here. So so this year we're getting flown in um, to an area that you would otherwise probably not walk to. 
it's quite far. And then we're getting picked up off the main road, off the side of the road. So the machine will land, we'll hop in, and we'll get flown right back. Um, hopefully, where no one else is, that's always the key, you know, try to find, find a poly where we have the same problem. And here, it's, yeah, even more so because we have no balloted areas at all, no tag system, no nothing. So on a bad day, you could just pick a spot where everyone else chose that day too. You know, so, <laughs> so usually when you find a spot where someone doesn't know about, you sort of keep going there because you're like, you know, it's worth it. Um, and you find a spot where the car park's full of seven trucks and you go, mm, yeah, let's go home. So, but we'll fly in and then average cost for this trip is actually not too bad. Just the one way trip. So we're not getting picked up. We're walking out. It's about 400 bucks per person. Per, per person. Yeah. And how many of you, how many are in your squad? So for that trip, there's only two of us. Perfect. Yeah. Last year we did a trip with four of us. It was, uh, we got dropped off and picked up and it was 700 bucks per person. It gives you an Dang, idea. Okay. I think that'd be about 300, maybe 300 US. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What currency do you guys run over there? Yeah. So New Zealand dollars about half, I think. Yeah. It's about half. Yeah. Straight up. Okay. Um, meat Don't transportation. Quote me on that, roughly. No worries. I'm not gonna, I'm not too worried about it. What I am worried about is like, um, how much meat can you get off a, a, a good size stag? Yeah. So good size stag you'd get, if you were to bone it all out, you would get, Probably about so we you have can no do kilos. Yeah, kilos. Yeah, that's where we work. Wherever. Um, you easily get forty to fifty kilos. Easy. Okay, um, that's cool. Yes. Uh, was that hundred pound? Yeah, just over. Yeah, just over. Yep. Um, that depends how much you take because we don't actually have any regulations as far as so if right. you're really, really, if you're if we're really, really remote. You know, and we're looking for a mature stag. Um, and you're two days walk from the truck, you might not take it's gonna I'm probably gonna have some haters for this. You might not take all of it. You just No, might, it is it is no, what it is. <clears throat> yeah. That's not your fault. I mean, uh I do think my crystal ball, like I feel like eventually you guys will start to value this commodity. Um yeah. and then that you know that North American model of conservation does have some best practices, whether people agree or not. Where, yeah. dude, when stuff's <clears throat> worth what it's worth, yeah. they'll start to be more value. What do you guys have for predators out there, naturally no. occurring or nothing, like zero, no. No. zero? Wow. If we don't shoot them, if we don't, we've got a. We've, in some areas, we would say we've got a problem. We there's crazy amounts of deer. Crazy. Oh my gosh. So like literally they're either dying of disease or old age or what, or what are, yeah. or from you guys, but yeah, mm. no doubt. Wow. Yeah. So it, we have nothing. So, um, and basically a whole heap of country too for them just to spread. And so it's, yeah, I was always thought, you know, the fact that we don't have a, um, a tag system and all that stuff. I really thought that was a cool thing when I first started hunting because we can hunt all year round. So like yeah. I'm hunting probably every second weekend I'm hunting. Whereas you guys sort of have that off season a bit. We don't have it. We just hunt all the time. Um, if we're on private land, we can, we can spotlight, we can do whatever we want. 
know, it's, yep. it's quite, we, we pig hunt, I pig hunt with a friend regularly with dogs. Uh, that's quite fun. So we just, basically anything goes. And I thought that was the dream for a while, but I think a more North American conservation um, approach is actually a good thing now as I've matured as a hunter because when you put a value on something, people look after that value, you know. We have no value. So one of the most atrocious, atrocious things that our government is doing, we we, um, we manage pest numbers with poison. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. We one, we're one of the only countries to use it. It's called 1080. It's a green pellet poison that's put with cereal and then dropped eerily by helicopters over thousands of acres in one go. So they put it in big hoppers on their choppers, basically just bomb crap out, crap out of all this land. And they're targeting um, rats and mice, um, but they kill everything, basically. There's no... Uh, so, And they're doing this. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars on this every year. Just, and that's their pest. This is literally their pest control um, conservation, what do you want to call it, model. It's just poison the crap out of everything. And you'll just be... Well, I won't go into areas that have had it, but I have in the past, and um, it's just death everywhere. Everywhere you walk is just deer, um, anything, whatever it is, it's just dead. And it's a long, they don't die instantly. It's, it's horrific. It's, most countries are, have made that poison illegal, but here in New Zealand, we say, okay, and it's just horrific. So they're using that more and more, and deer just get smoked by it. And the problem with it is, other animals like pigs get smoked by it too because yep. you get a secondary you get secondary poisoning. It's not like cyanide or these other poisons that you use to control animals. We you, you kill the animal that's targeted, um, and that's it. This poison, whatever eats the dead thing, dies as well. So the bugs, and then what eats the bugs, the birds, and it's just a it's a nightmare. Um, so we're wiping out, and it's. It's all in the name of conservation too, and trying to protect the birds and the native species and wildlife, the kiwi, you know, kiwi birds. And, but they're killing all that as well, which is insane. We have birds here now that are on the endangered list that were just even ten years ago just everywhere. Um, now they're in, because of ten eighty, and they're native birds. It's insane. So. Oh man! So the I couldn't imagine just walking the landscape that uh, had just been poisoned or recently, and then. Just, yeah, I'm surprised with like the virality of vi- vertical video. Everyone's got a phone and a platform yeah. to post. You don't see more of that and be like, "This is." Um, it's so bad. You do see yeah. it, but no one cares. No one cares, and that's the crazy thing because there's no value on these animals. So, uh, a normal response from some, someone, sort of what we call a greenie over here, is like, "Oh, who cares?" You know, they're they're um, introduced. Um, they're a pest. You guys call them greenies? Yeah, we call them greenies, yeah. Or, yeah, greenies, basically. They're just basically hippies and think that, you know, basically the only good deer is a dead uh, a dead deer. Um, they don't want them on the landscape. And, right. But, so there's no, there's no value to them. So if we had someone come along and say, hey, now you have to pay to hunt, although that, or uh, I would actually happily pay that. If it put a value and it meant that my future kids and grandkids could hunt them, you know, it would be tre- like looked as a re- as a resource instead of a, a burden. Then I would feel a lot more hopeful for the future. But right now, 
you know, it's like a ticking time bomb, time bomb really, because our government has just put in place a policy that they want to pest free New Zealand uh, by 2050. Now, technically, what? every get every games, it's insane. It's never going to happen, but it's them. It's a model that they're going by now. Technically, every species of New Zealand uh, that we hunt is not native, so every is classed as a pest. So, really, there is a plan to remove every. Uh, game species in New Zealand, which is a scary thought, and no, with no value on them, they could, they could, they could definitely try. And it's a, it's not a very nice thought. Okay, that's really heavy, man. Um, well, let's finish this podcast with a couple of approaches to getting your butt to New Zealand. You mm. get into the states. Um, let's start with you. Have you hunted in the states yet, or is it on your yes. radar to do that? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No, so I've planned to for a long time. And then the whole COVID stuff came, um, which has made it tricky. Um, yeah. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure how I think. For me, a non-resident, to get into your country, I think you still need a certain poke, I think. So that makes it tricky. Uh, really? Hopefully. To get yeah. here? Yeah. If you're non-resident, I think you can get exemptions. I had a friend went there recently, and I think he said you can get an exemption. So, um, but my plan is definitely this how I go about that because – I mean, you yeah. could come over here and just j- literally jump off the plane and we could walk into the into the bush and go hunting straight away. We yeah. don't even have to. We could just go online, get your permit online. It doesn't cost anything. We could go anywhere. Whereas it's a lot different for me going over there. I need a tag. I need a yeah. hunting license from what I understand. I need a permit. Um, yeah. So there's a lot. So I'm like trying to figure out where, man, your tag system and your Prices over there is very complicated for someone like me who has never. It's crazy, Actually, and I don't know where to com- go. It's complicated for anyone new, yeah. and it's also complicated for someone like me. I literally just put in for Montana 
for like the 20th time in my life. And I Dang. still can't remember like the, all the nuance per state. Like, do I need a yeah. conservation permit? Do I have to get a hunting license, a small game, big game? Um, do I need to buy yeah. a preference point or a bonus yeah. point? And that was just Montana, which I've done 20 times. And I still had to look stuff up. And then I just did Colorado. It's completely different. And they're both half-assed backwards. So yeah. each state, and yeah. I live here, so I get it. But fortunately, yeah. there's great resources. I literally use the hunting full, as you can see here. Like, and then okay. I this is a publication yeah. as well as a website, as well as you can get a membership like I have and do phone consultations because those guys are experts. In fact, I bring these guys to all my oak shape camps to explain yeah. each state. And I yeah. literally learn something every time they talk at every camp we do. Uh, so it's hard, but yeah. So if the poke thing goes away, yeah, you're coming. You're gonna make a plan to yeah, come. Yeah, that's a plan. So I was originally, I think I had to sort of figure out I had two options: try and find a state where I could get an over-the-counter tag. So that looked like Colorado for a long time, but I understand things are changing there as well. So some sort of state where I could just get something, or because I don't have any points, or so, or I need to put in. Yeah, so pick, a, to, pick a state to start maybe building a couple. Yeah, that you're gonna you're gonna and, burn them up real quick. Like that's a short term. Like Colorado's got a lot of units that are now not over the counter, but they don't require any points. You're just gonna have yeah. to commit to it in the draw. Yeah, and their draw yeah. is open until April fourth. Yeah. So you could so at that, least put in for a preference point and get one point, which would be good if you plan to hunt Colorado in the next couple of years. I would do that. Yeah, so, yeah. So Colorado. And the other option was, um, so not a guided hunt, but some sort of hunt where you, um, if I go to, if I make all the effort to fly and spend all the money to fly over there, because it's a lot, I want to be guaranteed a permit. I don't want to be guaranteed an animal because I want, don't want high fence. I don't want that, but I want to yeah. be guaranteed that the pro the process, I guess, is sorted out. You know, yep. the, the hunting license, the everything that I need, all the regulations are put there because there's a lot of regulations. We have none. So I want to, I want to be above board. I want to do everything right. And there's everything's laid out there for me. I come over there and go hunting. I don't necessarily want to go guided. Um, the idea of those seven day pack-ins that they do over there. I've looked at that. Yeah. Um, where they sort of pack you into an area. It's, I think it's usually private or it might be public, but you could be you public. Through. Yeah. yeah. They pack you in. They sort of set you up in a, in a, canvas walled tent and they sort of come back and get you in seven days. I like the idea of that. You pay a bit more money, but you, I guess you're paying for a tag. Um, you're paying, you're paying for that, that pack and service. You're paying for that local knowledge, sort of putting you in the right spot. I think that's probably the way I'll go. Um, but I want to be self-guided ideally. Yeah. I respect that, man. I respect that. Now let's flip the table. Let's flip the script. Let's say you're a schmuck like me and you want to come to New Zealand. Um, Obviously, my friends, they spent the money. I don't know how much it costs. I don't know what they spent, but I know that they all go on really expensive hunts. That's just in their yep. budget. Um, that's cool. For me personally, it's just not – I'd rather buy – I'd rather if I spend a lot of money on hunting, it's going to be for like yeah. an, a crazy good elk tag or yeah. my bucket list brown bear bow hunt sheep. in alaska yeah. uh, not sheep i don't want the sheep bug i want nothing to do with yeah. that life yeah. but uh <laughs> bears or bulls 
But for for someone like me who doesn't want to hire and hunt maybe a yep. higher high fence type yep. deal, what we got to know somebody to take us, or we can we can bootstrap yeah. it ourselves if we wanted to. So you just you can just do the Remy Warren. He just yeah. came over here. You get off a plane. Probably the most expensive part is going to be the ticket. Now, with a bow, you won't have any problems, but coming into our country with guns right now is really tricky. Our gun is crazy. So um, for those gun hunters out there, um, you will struggle. And that's where the game parks come in because a lot of those game parks are just, you're just hiring guns now over here, hiring a rifle. It's part of the hunting package, I guess, because it's a nightmare. But yeah. um if you've if you've got a bow, you'll just come straight in, and basically, in some places, you, you within an, an hour or two of getting off the plane, you could be into red stags. Basically, mm, there's that's sick. You go on, you go online, you go onto the dock website, you put your name down. That's it, basically. You don't pay anything. You get a permit for the area you want to hunt, and that's it. That's so, awesome. So take a spot. Obviously, local knowledge is going to be key. Because a hundred percent, yeah, yeah. So, say if you were to come come here, you would want to fly into either Christchurch or um, Queenstown, and we would just yeah, just drive to a local spot, um, four drive in usually or helicopter in, and then the morning you fly in, the same day you could be roaring in stags and there is really there is honestly really no process really uh, just find a spot uh, make sure what, what town are you in or what's, what's the biggest what what's the biggest city near you uh nelson so it's okay. top left hand side of the south island okay and north and south island you can't like they literally are islands you can't just hop island to island without an airplane right or a boat or yeah, so there's a ferry and an airplane, but oh, I'm going to have some haters. But the North Island is is average, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and no, to, to be honest, to be honest, actually, I shouldn't say that. To be honest, some to some people, it's paradise to them. But I don't need to go there hunting. Put it that way. Okay, so I fly into Christchurch. It looks like yeah, or Queenstown, uh, or Queenstown. Queenstown's more expensive to fly into, but it looks like round trip about twenty five hundred bucks. So that's just the the price. And then, the, dude, the the biggest obstacle for me is I don't even like I got to take drugs. I don't know how long I can sit in an airplane without losing my freaking mind. But I would do it to hear some yeah. roaring. You know what I mean? But it's, that's uh, that's really easy, that's, and you can stay. This is the cool thing. You could. There's no. See, I know you guys have like um sort of seasons so you can you can go as long or as short as you like you can yeah you could shoot as many as you want you could you know you can shoot five stags if you want you could just keep going all day long if you really want to like there's no i want to know where is the mega giant red stags that are pinned up but are close (sighs) to public land or even private that's not high fence where yeah you can hunt the boundary and Some of those captive hinds or can yeah. have yeah. these horned Hold up. St- does that is that a thing? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what we're all looking for. That's what we're okay. all looking for. Yeah. Um, so I'm slowly figuring that stuff out. You want the places that hold um, 
good genetics. So you sort of we look at the, any dockland near a game park because you always get escapees. Yep. Uh, so and then it only takes a couple of stags to get out. And yep. so I got my stag last year. Or so we have a lot of deer farms here. I don't know, is deer farming a thing over there? Um, sure. Like, yeah, like they're, that, yeah. it's not a massive thing, but like, I know a yeah. lot of meat is imported from New Zealand that we can That's sell commercially. Whereas yeah. wild game, you cannot sell it. Yeah. So we have a massive deer farming industry. So, right. Um, if you can find an area that used to, so we, we harvest velvet as well. That's another thing that we do. So we'll sell velvet to China. Yeah. So we will have whole farms that are just full of stags. And what they do is they just grow the velvet, let the velvet grow half the antlers, then they'll just chop it off and send them back yep. out to the paddock, grow it again, chop it off, and it's big money, huge yeah. money. So if you can find a farm that is velvet, that it's in the velvet business, we can find an area that used to have a velvet farm. Anywhere around that technically should hold some decent stags because, you know, yeah, they grow good stags for velvet. So. And there's certain areas, yeah, this is where the local knowledge is. There's certain areas you just wouldn't go if you want to shoot a decent stag. You just wouldn't go yeah. there because it's just, it's just never going to happen. Um, mm. so you probably mm. got the same, same. It's like it's like going to some states probably over there and expecting to shoot a big whitetail. It's just never going to happen. You know? But then you go to some other places, it's, uh, it's more possible. I guess that make sense. Totally, yeah. totally. Well, yeah. so, you're, you're going to have to email me a couple pictures of some of your favorite grip and grin stag photos. I know you sent me in the past, but refresh me, send me a couple, yeah. and I'm just going to advertise it here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scratch this itch, and I bet it's probably going to be with you. Um, yeah. So nobody else, you don't get to reach out to Owen. I already claimed him, dude. And then <laughs> in return. We will straighten you out here in the States once everything gets lifted and uh, you can come be yeah. a, get a taste of the old uh, out West in the U.S. if you feel me. Yeah, yeah. I was quite interesting. What's the the beer? Because we haven't got any sort of predatory game here. So how easy is it to get beer tags? So there's three main states like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming are kind of like your hubs for bears so for spring bear but all the states in the u.s have have bears probably for the most part certain states will have more than others yeah i think people assume that bear hunting is well at least my assumption is that bear hunting is fragile in a lot of states like an example would be my state washington i'm in the northwest corner of the united states i'm right next to canada we have a like yeah. a literal shit ton of bears and we have a game agency that based on politics, not science was like, I don't, yeah. we don't really think bear hunting's cool. Let's shut down yeah. the spring season, regardless of what the biologists tell us to do, who we, our tax money goes towards the biologists right. to study and decipher how many bears need to be harvested, you know, for carrying capacity yeah. or whatever. Uh, so like, Bear hunting's gone away here in the spring, which is crazy. And I don't know if it'll ever come back. Um, California is another state where like you used to be able to bear hunt with hounds, not anymore. And then it was on the chopping block not too long ago. Um, Oregon has some over the counter and some draw. Idaho's got a lot of over the counter, but 
a lot of these places have bear hunting in, you know, certain times of the year where I think more and more people are going to not be able to get that elk tag that they wanted. And they might consider an adventure hunt for bears in the fall. So maybe, yeah, maybe you'll hear some elk bugling, but you only got a bear tag. Like some of the biggest, baddest bears live in Colorado. There's some incredible bear hunting to be done in Colorado, Alaska. I just got back from Alaska last year, last spring. I did a basically self-guided like transport hunt where you hire a taxi cab, you live on their taxi cab, their boat, you fish a little bit in the morning and then you go bear hunt until you can't take it anymore. Cause it's just like literally 16 hours of daylight. You literally bear (laughs) hunt until you're like, you tap out and you're like, all right, I need to sleep. Yeah, there, that was awesome. That was a hunt that it was so affordable. I would recommend people do that. Um, Canada, I'm going to go hunt bears this year in Canada in about two months, hired an outfitter, going to hunt over yeah. bait. Uh, it's not going to be like a super physical challenging hunt, but it's going to be really cool to be very close to a lot of bears and shoot yeah. a couple spot and stock. I, that's kind of my jam in the spring. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. spend a lot of time in the fall hunting bears. I'm usually chasing big game like ungulates, yeah. but, uh, you know, there's yeah. like my state has great bear hunting in August and you can get two tags over the counter. So bear the hunting is like, going to get more popular for sure. I do think so yeah. because people are understanding it's harder and harder to get an elk tag or maybe a mule deer tag. Um, and you're doing yeah. everyone a service because bears live a long time and there's a plenty of them on the landscape. Yes, COVID. They're, there. they're, they're really good. Bear meat is like the, like by far the most um, underrated wild game meat out there is bear meat yeah by far yeah it's cool one of my favorite podcasts is the beer grease podcast i quite do it yeah yeah that clay is a stud i don't know him yeah we follow each other on instagram but i don't know him yet i do want to cross paths i mean i need to get him on my podcast in fact i just like i like his style so you listen to his podcast what other what's some of your other favorite youtube channels or podcasts or just stuff from a guy from new zealand yeah, so I listen to um, I obviously I listen to your podcast and Remy Warren. Um, he's just he's just a killer, isn't he? He's unreal. Um, I listen to yeah, he's Big Grease is one of my favorite, and um, I just all the other sort of podcasts. So those are my main hunting ones I listen to. I, there's a heap of other ones, but those are my 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 three yeah, probably three favorites. Yeah. Knock on ones now and then and. Yeah, obviously listen to the old the Rogan and um, yeah some other sort of life improvement ones you know Jordan Peterson and stuff like that I enjoy that sort of stuff too. That's awesome, dude. Oh well, thanks for waking up extra early. Even though you're yeah. Thursday, I'm still Wednesday. I just wanted to bring you on and just talk yeah. about Red Stag New Zealand and uh, kind of from an angle of just a average bloke. An average dude yeah, yeah. like you who has yeah. above average passion for it, man. So thank you sincerely. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, do you have an Instagram account or a Facebook? Yeah, and no, I see that's that? I'm shocking. I'm just not tech, so I don't have I've got Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. But I don't okay. even really post stuff about hunting. I'm like you say, I, I do it because I enjoy it. But um Amen. I don't I don't really care if people like it or not, but um but I I do want to share express share what uh share the experiences a bit more I definitely should if I do want to do that so and I'm going to try and sort of let you know how my uh my rut fest goes this year and keep you on the loop and try and get you excited for next year because um you should do it 
We're going to do it straight up. It's a done deal. So, guys, this is Owen, and he knows about hard work. Separation is in the preparation. We'll catch you on the next one.